You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another installment of Locked On Texans, your daily podcast covering your Houston Texans. And as always, I'm your host, Cody Davis, and please remember you can follow Locked On Texans on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Megaphone, and Spotify. And as always, I'm your host, Cody Davis, along with my partner in crime. John, some sports guy here. What a marvelous Monday, ready to talk Houston Texans and everything that involves the city of Houston and their favorite football team. Hopefully it's just still, it's still your favorite football team. I know this offseason has been a little wild, disappointing, crazy, upsetting. Uh, however you want to describe it, it hasn't really been ideal, right, Cody? But, you know, I'm here to say that there is a lot of light that can possibly shine at the end of the tunnel. You know, there's some things I'd like to discuss today to let you know about your team. Specifically, you know, during the, the, the process of what are we going to talk about for the show today? You know, I reached out to Cody and I said, well, we know Anthony Weaver. We've heard from him. We've heard from Tim Kelly. But this offseason, there was a lot of changes to the coaching staff, right? And what's been the most the highest expectation, I would say, placed upon this team this year, not named Deshaun Watson. Cody, for me, and listeners at home, for me, it has been the praise of the secondary. And I just want to let you guys know that this show is brought to you by Built Bar, the best protein bar in the building, in the business, in the world. Not only that, they have a great energy boost, and I tell you this, it gives you exactly what it says, an energy boost. I drink those at 4.30 in the morning, and it lasts me all the way up until 3.37 in the afternoon, right when I'm about to get off. It kind of coats me off, but it gives me everything I need. And that's what I want to do for you guys. I want to give you everything that you need to know about secondary coach De'Anton Lynn, son of Anthony Lynn, the head coach for the Los Angeles Chargers. You know, he was named the full-time secondary coach this year along with other moves that were made throughout the offseason, addressing the offense and the defense. And Anthony Weaver has talked about the praise and versatility of this DB core. So has Bill O'Brien. But, Cody, we really don't know much about Anton Lynn, the Anton Lynn. And that's where I want to kind of peek you guys a little bit, Cody. Lynn is entering his second season as an assistant secondary coach with the Houston Texans in 2019, where he previously, before he got to Houston, uh, served as a defensive assistant in Buffalo through the years of 2015 and 16. In his first season in 2018, the Texans captured the AFC South title with an 11-5 record, which marked the second most wins in the season for the franchise history. During that year, the Houston Texans allowed just under 20 points per game in 2019, including an NFL best 17.3 points per game from weeks 5 through 17. The Texans had a turnover differential of a plus 13, which set a new single-season franchise record, including 29 takeaways, 15 interceptions, 14 fumble recoveries. 
And we don't really know too much about him outside of he's been around, you know, coached under his dad, coached in Buffalo, now has been in Houston for the last three years. What are we expecting? And I think we are expecting somebody that will come in and try to fill his way out. At least I am. He's going to fill his way out. He's been in Houston for two years, going on his third year. I think the move for Gary Conley will play in his favor, bringing back Bradley Roby. But I really think Lynn's ability of what we know so far, he has coached some very good DBs. He has. And I think that helps him because when you coach good players, that helps your confidence as a coach. But I think his confidence that he has as a coach, he's coached players like Casey Hayward, uh, Trevor Williams, who had a career year under De'Anton Lynn. Uh, He also coached that Buffalo Bills team in 2016. The secondary was fourth in the NFL with 19 pass touchdowns and allowed fourth with the opponent completion percentage at 59.9 and sixth with an average of 223 yards per game. Right? He has coached some talent, but I think the confidence that he has gotten in being blessed in those situations will do a tremendous, tremendous amount of good for second-year cornerback Lonnie Johnson Jr. And we talked to Big Sarge, you know, who's known throughout the city of Houston, and I love working with him. We talked to him a few weeks ago, and he raved about Lonnie Johnson Jr. He also came out and said he thinks he will be the best secondary in that draft. Do I think that was a little too high of a praise? I do, but everybody has their own opinion. But he praised him, and I think De'Anton Lynn, everything that he has, you know, have been able to gain over the course of his young career, going into this year, now serving as a full-time secondary coach, we can, and I think we will see a huge jump in Lonnie Johnson's game, along with a boost of Gary Young Conley's game, who, you know, once he got to Houston and got out of Oakland and maybe Oakland was too much and playing under Gruden, Maybe he was scared of that Chucky doll. I don't know. He got to Houston, and he played well in his position as well with the time that he had. I think Lynn, with a full, you know, offseason under his belt, of course they are going into the offseason doing a lot of virtual things, but I think he'll be able to coach and teach these guys everything that he wants to teach them so they can grow. And maybe they'll pick up and learn on these things, but I think London Johnson Jr. and Gary Conley will benefit the most from De'Anton Lynn going into his first full year as a secondary coach. Bill Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. Bill Bars are tasty. Not none of that bland, no flavor bars. No, none of that. It's a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Who doesn't like candy bar? Snickers, Mr. Good Bar, the whole nine, but it's just a little bit more better for you. 16 amazing flavors, eight chocolate nut flavors, eight chocolate nut free flavors, Bars are covered in 100% chocolate, soft and easy to chew. Built Bar is great for the health conscious guy like me. Lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. Bars are low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, which is what you really need if you're really trying to get a little bit healthier. Flavor profile here, peanut butter brownie, 20 grams protein, 170 calories, 3 grams sugar, 3 grams net carbs. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get $10 off your first order. Again, that is promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off at BuiltBar.com. We all know what the Houston Texans lost when they 
parted ways with DeAndre Hopkins this offseason. But ladies and gentlemen, like I said, at some point you have to move on. You have to thank him for his service. And of course, I'm not saying, you know, we're going to just forget about him in the blink of an eye. But at the end of the day, we cannot continue to dwell on the past. With that being said, believe it or not, the Houston Texans actually have a pretty solid receiving core coming into 2020. But Losing DeAndre Hopkins, the one thing that concerns concerns me is the fact that you no longer have a reliable wide receiver. But with four potential receivers you can say can be that guy, somebody's going to step up. Which brings me to my point, who do you believe is going to be the best wide receiver for the Houston Texans in 2020? John, I have my guy, but I'm going to let you take the floor first. Well, I think the best thing about the Houston Texans right now is that there is no clear-cut number one, right? Yes, most definitely. When we look at the course of this franchise, there's always been a clear-cut number one. There's been Andre Johnson. There's been DeAndre Hopkins. And for the longest, that worked good up until it didn't work anymore. So when we look at this year, going into this year and analyzing this team, there is no number one receiver. So, of course, somebody has to step up or the entire trade will go down as a huge bust, as people already expect it to be, and this offense will be abysmal. With that being said, I think Brandon Cooks, with his speed, with the separation he can cause, with Deshaun Watson being one of the best, if not the best, deep throw passers in the league, and Brandon Cooks getting the bulk of his yards from those deep throws will be the best receiver here in Houston. Yeah, and and it's pretty hard to compete with that because Cooks, it, to me, like I've like I mentioned, I mean, ever since I've been watching him with the New Orleans Saints, I've always felt like he was one of the most underrated players in this league. But when I'm looking at this team and I look at who can step up and be the Texans' number one receiver, to me, I believe that guy is going to be Will Fuller. I believe this is going to be the year that we going to see Will Fuller actually take that step and be a top-tier receiver in this league. This guy has the talent. Now, with me talking about Fuller, I'm not about to talk about his injury history because we've talked about that multiple times. At this point, we already know the story. If Will Fuller can stay healthy versus if he don't stay healthy. But when looking at this team, Will Fuller is going to be the primary target. And when you take a look at it, if you want to get a glimpse of what he can possibly do as a number one receiver, all you have to do is just go back to last season. This is a guy that had three games where he recorded over 100 yards. And of course, we all know about the game against the Atlanta Falcons when he recorded 217 receiving yards and three touchdowns. Will Fuller is a type of guy. He is a playmaker. And when you take a look at the fact that he was playing alongside DeAndre Hopkins and you're going into a season where Deshaun Watson has the most chemistry playing alongside Fuller, which means at least through the first three, four weeks of the season, he's going to be looking for Fuller more than anybody else on this team. And like I keep saying, we have saw Will Fuller scratch the surface. Everyone knows how talented this guy can be. And if he stay healthy, I believe we're going to see a better version of Will Fuller than what we saw not playing next to DeAndre Hopkins. And even when you take a look at that playoff game, the game in which that they lost against the Kansas City Chiefs, this is a guy who recorded 89 yards, eight targets. Come on, man. 2020 is Fuller's year. Yeah, and one thing I will credit you is just, you know, the simple fact that Watson and Fuller have chemistry. They played together going on four years now, five years, whatever the case is, or four years. And I look at it as 
this is your boy who you you know you always want to pull along and that's not any disrespect or slight to will fuller but the conversation has always been the what if factor and i know you didn't want to bring it up but that's a simple fact the what if the what if the what if and without deandre hopkins the what if now automatically grows in my opinion to you know now is it's not what what if anymore it is Okay, now let's go. You've been here some, for some time. Everything that has held you back has been injuries. It's not like you can't go out there and go get it. We've seen explosive games where you put up nearly 300 yards and, three and you've had three touchdowns. We've seen you be so explosive, you have taken over games. And the the thought was, well, did DeAndre Hopkins even need to play today? That has happened. But I think when we take account about everything that has happened during the time of the Watson era. What we can't really get over is Will Fuller has missed entirely too many games. The injuries. And when I mentioned Brandon Cooks, he, he comes with injuries too, but he's only missed two games in his career due to injury. And I think Brandon Cooks is a more reliable receiver. Going into this year, without watching anybody play right now, Cody, what I'm looking at is reliability. Who can I count on to be reliable? So when we look at the depth chart for the wide receiver, we look at Will Fuller, we look at Brandon Cooks, we look at Randall Cobb, who, by the way, has an opportunity to be that receiver for Deshaun Watson. Let's not count him out. We can also mention Kenny Steele, who suffered an injury last year, but he's also, I think, is a more reliable receiver than Will Fuller. We also have DeAndre Carter and Kiki QT. Those last two names, I, I don't even count because QT had got so far the doghouse last season that I thought he was going to be released at the end of the season. And we know DeAndre Carter is primarily a retirement. So we look at Fuller, right? We look at Cooks, we look at Cobb, and we look at Steels. Of those four receivers, I think with Brandon Cooks' ability playing with Tom Brady, Drew Brees, that very great year Jared Goff had compared to Will Fuller, where he played with Watson, but he didn't, he didn't, he didn't reach his full potential due to injury. Kenny Seals, who I think is primarily a number two or three receiver, and then Randall Cobb, which I, I, I'm admitting I won't count him out. He played with the great Aaron Rodgers, had a very great year with Dak last year. I look at Brandon Cooks and Randall Cobb as the two most reliable receivers. That being said, I think Brandon Cooks, of course, is a more explosive receiver. This offense wants to turn upward. Doesn't want to be the same offense as it has been before. And I think he has the ability, of course, when we combine the Johnson brothers together, that may be 90 targets alone, what they can produce out of the backfield at least. But I think Brandon Cooks would be the number one receiver for this team because of his explosiveness, because of the separation he cre can create, more importantly, above all, because he's more reliable. I know you cannot talk about Will Fuller without mentioning injury. You can't separate you can't separate the man from the myth. But when you're just going off of pure talent, Fuller is actually the most talented receiver that this team has. Now, don't don't get me wrong. All four of these guys can be a top number one option for Deshaun Watson. But when you look at the fact that Watson has the most experience playing alongside Fuller, that is what's going to take into effect that 
Fuller nine times out of 10 is going to be his primary target, especially given the fact that you don't know when these guys are going to be able to practice alongside one another after what's going on in our world right now. So yes, I know the biggest question around Fuller is, can he stay healthy? We know that already, but don't use that as a situation by saying Fuller is not going to be Deshaun Watson's best, best target or best option. When you take a look at those four receivers to me to me in my opinion he's the most talented he's younger and he has the highest ceiling he can come in and he can come in and at least be 75 to 80 percent of the player that deandre hopkins was in houston it's going to be fun to see and i just wanted to bring this topic up to let people know that at the end of the day yes we lost hopkins but don't sleep on this receiving core all four of these guys can ball. You mentioned it. I mean, you, Randall Cobb has played with Aaron Rodgers, and you got Brandon Cooks who has played with Tom Brady and Drew Brees. Those alone, like those two receivers can alone can actually help Deshaun Watson to become a better quarterback. So, like I said, I know it's still tough knowing that Hopkins is no longer here, but you cannot sleep on neither one of these guys because i'm pretty sure if if health can stay on their side all four of these guys are going to ball out of control but in my opinion i believe that fuller is going to be the one that's going to be the most reliable and the most counted on for deshaun watson here on locked on texans we have a new theme called time machine week where we are supposed to take a look at a year and just go back in time and talk about not not just recapping the season, but just letting fans know what was on and popping. I'm gonna say on and popping because that's a 2000 phrase. Knowing that the Texans started in 2000s, you get it. You get the pun. <laughs> yeah, that is a 2000 phrase. That is a 2000 phrase. You know what phrase is not a 2000 phrase, but it's a 90s phrase. But it kind of dragged out longer than it should. What's that? What's that? Oh yeah, what's that? You know, I, I I hated to see that guy at a three, you know, a third grade party. Look at the dude. That's old. You're lame. What's that? I don't want to hear that anymore. I don't. <laughs> Anyways, but here on Locked On Texans, we are actually going to start um time machine week. Like I say, we're gonna take a year and just reflect on that year as a whole. Which brings me to a point that John and I ended the what if week on. And ladies and gentlemen, Texans fans, I'm so disappointed in you guys. I posted our debate on Twitter by saying, Texans, what if? Do you believe the Texans made the right decision by not drafting Vince Young during the 2006 draft? 64% say yes, while 36% said no. I'm so disappointed by that because, ladies and gentlemen, you you just, you like I said, like I said last week, you cannot put the blame. Everything that Vince Young went through in Tennessee, you cannot say he was going to do the same thing in Houston. Jeff Fisher ruined that man's career. Not only that, you actually ruined one of the best re talented receivers of all time by never pairing him with a quarterback. I, I just don't understand. I just don't. I, I don't get it. I don't think I would never get it. I believe if you got the player that you wanted in return, if you checked all the boxes for one player and, and maybe one of those other players, which would be Vince Young in this place, did, in this case, did not meet all of those requirements in those boxes, then you made the right decision. 
Now you'd have to live with it, but I think when we look at the course of their careers as Texans, as what he would have been for a Texan, I think Mario Williams still won that, you know, whole debate of what if and what not. And simply because Vince Young, who had two great years as a number one player, the pick would have been for a quarterback, then he would have failed to meet those expectations. I think so. Now, granted, I'm with you. I, I, I have a very discussed taste for Jeff Fisher, but overall, I think it worked out in the favor for Houston. Guys, I am John Some Sports Guy Hickman. Follow me on Twitter at Some Sports Guy. Always follow the Locked On Texas Twitter page at Locked On Texas and like us on Facebook as well. We love you guys. Trust me, we do. And I can't do this show without my boy. Cody Davis, and please remember to follow me on Twitter at Cody Davis underscore 24. That's Cody C-O-T-Y D-A-V-I-S underscore 24. But Houston, until tomorrow, stay safe, stay sanitized, stay sane. Peace. You are locked on Texas. Your daily podcast on the Houston Texans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.